Our reading uh, for today is taken from the book of Psalms. Um, we're reading chapter 27 from our church Bibles. <clears throat> so on page uh, 460. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O, o you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Powerful words. Just before um, I announced the preacher, I, f I remembered the thing that I forgot earlier. So I just... On behalf of the church leadership, um, we wanted to, to share with you that um, Francis DeMello, who has served as treasurer for about five or six years, he has um, prayerfully, you know, and really carefully um, decided to step down as treasurer. Um, and we, we will acknowledge and honour um, the service that is given to us um, at, a, at another date. But I just, we just wanted to let you know that that has happened and we are in the process of um, seeking out a new treasurer. So, um, heading into the sermon, I want to introduce Clinton Behrens. Um, and he's here with his wife and four kids. So please, um, they're from South Barwon. So if you can um, yeah, chat to them after, that would be great. So we want to thank you for sharing with us and I just want to pray for you. Oh, thanks. Lord, we pray for open ears and open hearts, Lord, to soak in... Um, your message, and we just pray for it to be powerfully spoken through Clinton, and just pray for your 
hand of peace over him this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Megan. And uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, your welcome. And thanks for the opportunity to be here today. Uh, as you may or may not be aware, uh, I'm here as part of our classes, our group of churches in, uh, in Victoria. And every few months we do a swap around. And so uh, all the preachers kind of just jump from one church to the next. And uh, yeah, we get to meet some new people and you get to meet some uh, other people as well. And then you can forget about us for another two years and then uh, I'll see you back here again. Um, it's always a bit of a, a mixed feeling about these, uh, these preaching swaps uh, because you know you've got to get up early. Um, and it's wet, and it's cold, and you've got to go to an unfamiliar place. Uh, but then again, you get to see some new people, and you get to see some different ways that people meet together on a Sunday, and things that are similar, and things that are different. Uh, my daughter pointed out that uh, your offering bags have three handles, and ours only have two. Uh, I thought that was uh, quite, a, quite a unique difference. Um, I, I noticed that you have corn posters uh, on the wall. Which is something I might try and take back to South Bowen, uh, but I'm not sure all of the elders will be completely in favour uh, of that one. But we'll uh, we'll see how we go. Anyway, uh, it'd be great if you've got your Bible with you to keep it open there at Psalm 27. Uh, this is the psalm we want to look at this morning, and uh, we're just going to pray uh, one more time before we do that. Uh, Lord God, we do thank you for your Word, the Bible. Uh, we thank you that uh, you have spoken words to your people throughout history, and you still speak to us today. And so we thank you for the written word, the Bible. We thank you for the living word, which is Jesus. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that he helps us as we read your word. And we pray, Lord, that he would be at work now in my speaking, in our listening, uh, in our hearts, uh, that you would speak to and you would change us. And so we ask this in the name of and for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Now, we know that when we communicate with people, uh, our eye contact is very important, isn't it? If I was to stand up here and I was to be uh, looking at the lights, you would think, what is going on? If you nod off to sleep while I'm speaking and your eye contact drops, I might ask, what, what is going on here? Uh, if we sit back to back with somebody, well, we, we can talk, can't we? But it's more like talking on the phone. The communication's not not so good. Sitting side by side, that's quite helpful. You can, you can turn and look. But, but sitting, facing another person, looking them in the eye, communicating that way, seeing body language and facial expression and showing that you're paying attention, that is valuable communication. Think of, it, think of a couple, husband and wife, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, going out for dinner, across a table, looking at each other, talking to each other. It's kind of sweet. It's, it's romantic, isn't it? Think about a, a parent and a child sitting together, maybe over a table at Macca's, uh, looking at each other, communicating face to face. That's, that's powerful communication, isn't it? That's, that's the imagery that I want us to have in mind this morning as we think about this psalm, Psalm 27, particularly the imagery of a father, a parent, and a child communicating, looking each other in the eye, face to face. Because really, that is what this psalm, as a prayer, is asking for. It's asking for face to face, not with, not with another person, but it's asking face to face with God. 
It's asking, it's a prayer that God would turn our gaze to him and that he would turn his gaze toward us. I don't know if you, you, you kind of realize this as we're reading through it, but there's a lot of reference to enemies and to evildoers and people like that in this psalm. If you want to have a look at some of the verses there, verse 2, I have an, I have an NIV uh, 84. Um, yours might say a few different words, but it talks about evil men advancing. talks about the devouring of flesh. talks about enemies and foes and armies uh, there in verse 3. talks about a war breaking out. Uh, it talks about a whole lot of enemies. Then again, towards the end, verse 12, talks about false witnesses rising up and breathing out violence. You see, the, what we get to see is that this is a psalm that is written in the time of great trial and hardship for the psalm writer who wrote it and for people now who want to sing it and pray it. What the threat is, is not really specific, and that's kind of helpful <laughs> Because it's the psalm then that we get to use in lots of circumstances of trial and hardship. You see, sometimes our trial and our hardship comes from our own sinfulness and rebellion, doesn't it? It comes from our very own hearts. The things that we're battling against in our own lives. This is a psalm we can use in those circumstances. Sometimes... Our battle, our, our enemy, is our very own bodies. <laughs> the weakness and the frailty. You, you get prayer points and we hear the stories of, of illness and people who are struggling with their bodies. Sometimes that's, that's our trial, that's our enemy. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's persecution and harassment for being a follower of Jesus. It might be that in our school, our uni, our place of work, that we are under the pump for being followers of Jesus. And people want to ridicule us. They want to see us fall in our faith. Sometimes that we're, that's where our enemy comes from. Sometimes our enemy is that relationship, that strain to breaking point. That friendship that we've had for years just seems to be broken to the point where it's not going to be recovering. See, this is, this is a psalm that we can use in a multitude of circumstances. Not just a psalm which acknowledges that we have enemies and difficulties and hard stuff to deal with, but a psalm that we can use to pray to God. And that prayer will be, God, turn my eyes to look upon you, and God, turn your face to look upon me. That's, that's really the, the two points we're going to be considering this morning. And the first one is our prayer to God that he would turn our eyes, our face toward him. Now, you may remember this, this really uh, cool story in the New Testament. Uh, it comes in the Gospel of Matthew and, and a couple of others as well, where the disciples were out in the middle of a lake in a boat, and Jesus wasn't with them. Kids, you, you may remember the story where Jesus is out on the lake and they're sailing along and it's nighttime and all of a sudden this, this storm comes up. And so there's wind and there's waves and the disciples, they think that they are in danger of drowning. Can you imagine in a little boat, big waves, very scared. When all of a sudden, out across the lake, 
walking towards them comes Jesus. He's walking on the water. Now, incredibly, there's another story which is kind of similar, and Jesus is in the boat, and he says, be quiet. Not, not in this one. Incredibly, Peter, one of the disciples, gets out of the boat, <laughs> and he starts walking towards Jesus. And it's all going fine and, until we're told <laughs> he starts to look not at Jesus, <laughs> but at the waves and the, the results of the wind and the weather going on around him. And he starts to sink. And graciously and mercifully, Jesus reaches out his hand and he picks him up and they go into the boat together. See, what, what this psalm is asking for is that position of Peter with eyes fixed, eyes gazing on our Lord. Not on what's going around us, but on the strength and the beauty and the majesty of our God. Have a look down there at verses 4 and 5. It says, One thing I ask of the Lord. Remember, all the enemies, things going on. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. What is he saying? Not... Not God, I want to hide away in your temple. That, that's not what he's asking for. He's saying, Lord, I want to look on you. I, I want to gaze on your beauty. In the New Testament, we might say, I, I want to look on the, the majesty and the power and the saving work of Jesus and not on what is going on around me. Now, why does he want to do this? Why should we be praying this? This is based on the very character of, of God. This is based on who God is. Go back and have a look at verse 1 here and the, the description that it gives of, of, of God. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He, he started off by saying, God, you are light. You are my light. You are the one in whom I see everything. I see you. I see myself. I see my circumstances as they truly are. In the darkness, you are light. You are my salvation. You're the rescuing God. You're the God who delivers, who hears prayers, who answers them, who comes to my help. You are the stronghold of my life. You're the one on whom I can stand, the one on whom I stand behind and who protects me and who takes care of me. And so jump down to verse 5 there and see what it says. It says, for in the day of trouble, this is, what I want to, this is why I want to look on you. He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. God, it says, turn my eyes to you because you are the only help that I have. You're the only hope that I've got. How do we know that God is like that? How do we know that He's for us, that He will hear that prayer? He's proven it to us in Jesus. Turn with me in the New Testament to the book of Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 31. 
talking about the hardships, that, the trials, the difficulties that, that followers of Jesus are going to experience. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says this, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? What's it saying? You want to know if God's going to be for you, if he's going to help you, if he's going to hear you? Look to Jesus. Look at what he's done for us in Christ. If we were his enemies, rebels who hated God, and yet God sent his own son to die in our place, how much more then, now that we're his children, will he hear us and he answer us? No, verse 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, ask a question. Why, why pray this prayer to God? Why not just tell us Turn your eyes to the Lord. Look upon God. Why the prayer, God, turn my eyes towards you? Because this psalmist knows that when times of trouble hit, God is not always the first place that we look, is he? Sometimes we want to look to God as a very last resort when we've exhausted all the options. You see, we might be here today, and we might be someone who says, yeah, you know what? When trouble comes, the first place I look is the internet. I get out Google. <laughs> who can help me? <laughs> or maybe we say, well, the first place I look is actually myself. I'm pretty good at handling just about everything that comes my way. I, you know, I can, I can do most things. Maybe we're a person who doesn't handle stuff. <laughs> we just fall apart. <laughs> we just think that worry and anxiety is just kind of normal. That's just, that's just the way I, I deal with stuff. Can I suggest that if we fit into one of those, we're not living the life that Christ died to give us. You see, faith is not put my trust in Jesus and now walk the way that I want to walk, doing the things that I want to do, dealing with stuff on my own. Faith in Jesus is putting my trust in Him and doing it again and again and again and again. And so when that trial comes, the first prayer we want to pray is the prayer, God, turn my eyes to you. Let me look first to you, to gaze on your beauty and your strength and your holiness and not on myself. I once heard about a guy who, uh, who wasn't, a wasn't a believer, he wasn't a follower of Jesus, but yet he was approaching the end of his life. And uh, lots of his family were Christians and, and they, they were urging him, urging him to, to accept Jesus, to, to know Jesus. 
but he refused. His grounds for doing that might have been a little bit different to many others. He refused because he didn't want to be a hypocrite. He didn't want to be a person who lived his whole life one way, doing one thing, and then at the last minute turning to God. He, he, he thought that wasn't the way it should work. And I suggest that a guy like that and people like that really don't understand the grace and the mercy of our God. Like a perfect heavenly father, he doesn't run out of chances. We don't run out of opportunities to turn back to him. So maybe you're here today and, and you're saying, yeah, I, I haven't been living like that. I've been trying to deal with stuff on my own. I haven't looked to Jesus. Today is an opportunity to turn back to him. God, like a loving father, opens his arms wide and he welcomes and he accepts and he embraces his children with forgiveness and love and a fresh start. Maybe today is your chance to take it. All right, that's the, the first part of the prayer that we, we want to consider. The prayer, God, turn my eyes to you. Don't let me look elsewhere. The second part is kind of similar, but, but it's got some differences to it as well. And it's God, now turn your face towards me. L look upon me. Help me. C come, come to save me because I need this. Now, we could look at this, this prayer in a couple of different ways, this request in a couple of different ways. But let me tell you, tell you a story to help explain the difference. Uh, a little bit early in the year, our family, we went on a, uh, on a camping holiday uh, up north. And as part of that, we were, uh, we were on the beach and we were camping. And uh, every day we went for a swim in the surf beach. And uh, I, with my, my two oldest boys, Tana and Kai, uh, we went out in the surf. And a couple of times during that week, we actually got caught in these little rips uh, that, were, that were there. Now, my sons, they asked for my help. But imagine, imagine it wasn't me in the water there. Imagine it was just a stranger kind of surfing away next to them. How would they have to ask him for help? Hey, excuse me, help, can you see us? You know, do you notice us? They would have to get his attention, and, and then they would have to convince him that they were in trouble, and then they would have to hope that he was kind of good enough, kind enough to kind of, kind of come to their help. But it wasn't a stranger there out there, was it? It was me, I'm their dad, I kind of like him. Uh, you know, it was, it was sort of a good time. And I saw <laughs> that they were in trouble before they even knew it. And I was making moves to get them in <laughs> before they even asked for help. We don't, we don't pray to God as someone distant, as someone's attention we need to get, <laughs> As someone we need to convince that he should help us, we pray to him and we ask him as our loving father, who already has his eyes on us, who knows that we're in trouble before we know it, who's already made a move to help us before we've even prayed a thing. So let's have a look at some of the things that he asks for in this psalm. Verses 7 to 12 in particular we're looking at here. See if you can pick up a theme. Hear my voice when I call to you. Be merciful to me. Answer me. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. Do not reject me 
or forsake me. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. Verse 12, do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. There's a bit of a theme going on there, isn't there? (laughs) God, help me. God, turn your face towards me. In the Old Testament, when it, the request was, or, or the statement was, that God's face was on it, it's his, it's his blessing, it's His favor, it's His rescuing power presented in our lives. God, I've got nowhere else to go. No one else to cling to. No other hope to find. Turn your face toward me. We have an incredible example of exactly this in Jesus himself, don't we? Turn with me again one more time to the New Testament, to the book of uh, 1 Peter. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 21. 1 Peter 3 verse 21 talks about Jesus and the example that he is to us in times of difficulty. Verse tw- sorry, we'll start at verse 22. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins on his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed. See, a wonderful, gracious example in this is Jesus himself. Jesus faced enemies on our behalf. Our sin, our guilt, our punishment, the wrath of Satan, the anger of God on our sin. He faces it all, and what does he do? He entrusts himself to his heavenly Father. He cries out, Lord, turn your face towards me. Father, turn your face towards me. Maybe maybe today you're, you're one of those people who's been praying this for a long time, but it doesn't seem to be working. Maybe, maybe you're a person who's been asking, God, turn your, look at me, help, save me, answer me, rescue me. But every time something good happens, not something bad comes on top of it. And it just goes on and on and on. This is a psalm which encourages us to keep going, to keep asking, to keep looking, to keep praying, God, turn your face towards me. Look how verses 13 and 14 finish the psalm off. You get the feeling that there are still enemies, don't you? I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. If you're one of those people, can can I say, don't go looking elsewhere. Keep praying, keep asking, and keep waiting for the Lord. As your loving Heavenly Father, He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't misplaced your prayer. He's not ignoring you. He knows you. He loves you. He continues to watch over you. 
Maybe you're, maybe you're one of those people, and there are people like this throughout the Christian community who have had a lifetime of struggle and hardship, a lifetime of pain maybe or illness or a strained relationship, and you've kept doing this. You, you're one of those wonderful examples of saintly people who keep trusting in the Lord of, amidst of hardship and trial. Can I say, encourage you. You say, God has his eye. He has his hand. He has his gaze upon you. He knows your pain. He knows your trial. He knows your struggle and your weakness, even though nobody else may get it. And he's the God who rescues and delivers you in Christ. And will continue to rescue and deliver you throughout your life. Keep waiting, keep hoping, keep trusting. Keep praying, God, face to face. Turn my face toward you. Turn your face toward me. Let's pray to him now, shall we? Lord God, we thank you for this prayer, this example of faith in you but a prayer that through Jesus we get to pray as well. Thank you that it's a prayer that is never in vain. It's never futile. It never falls on deaf ears. It's never ignored. It's never lost. It's never forgotten. But you are the faithful God who hears, answers, and delivers. For those of us here today who are having trouble believing that or trusting that, we ask, Lord God, that you would turn our eyes towards you. Help us to look on you and to trust you in you alone. For those of us who are looking but don't seem to be getting an answer, Lord God, turn your face toward us. Hear us and answer us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.